But in Galatians 5.22, there's this word that comes up, and it's the word patience. Sometimes we say this just in a sentence to say, be patient, wait when someone's aggravated. Now, I, I play with my children when they were growing up. I used to play with them hide-and-go-seek. Hide-and-go-seek was an easy game because it's free, and all the equipment you needed was wherever you were. So we would play in the house, and while we're playing hide-and-go-seek, you would have to count. Now, it depends on how you want to structure the game, that you can count to 10, 15, 25, or 100. Depends on what you want to do. For my children, when I first told them about hide-and-go-seek, and we started counting, they, they were counting different than how I would count. I would count one, two, three, four, and so forth. They would count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's how they would count. And I say, you, you can't count like that because it doesn't give me the same adequate amount of time that I'm giving you to hide. So we got to be fair in this. Well, my son hid, and we couldn't find him. And my patience was wearing on me because I want to win. There's no possible way I can lose in hide-and-go-seek. How do you lose in hide-and-go-seek? Usually you find everyone, and even if you don't find them, you wait. Even if it's days or weeks, you will eventually find them, or they're going to come out because of starvation. So I couldn't find my youngest one, Jordan. We're looking all over the house. Finally, I say, okay, Jordan, look, we can't find you. He comes out of the dryer. Now, he, he couldn't, like, he's at an age where it didn't look like he could fit in there. But he hid in the dryer. My, my, my patience was wearing thin. Now I play with my, gran my grandchildren. And so I'll teach them how to count. And, and they don't count. They, they count the, the, the normal speed a child would count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten. And I say, you can't count like that because you ruin the game. And now when I try to uh, find them wherever they're hiding, my youngest one, Oakley, is laughing before I can even get to him. And then when I finally find, you know, going towards him, he pops out and he says, here I am. I'm like, you didn't even get the game. So I'm trying to teach him hide and seek. He's three years old. So I'm giving him a break right now. And so I'll hide. And then he can't find me because I hide in places where they have a hard time finding me. Yes, I'm that kind of papa. And so by the time I say, here I am, they're like, oh, man. And they say, okay, Papa, you count, and I'll go hide. And they hide in the exact same spot I hid because it was a good spot. And I'm thinking, you're not, you're not getting the concept, but it's okay. I'm trying to be patient with them. And it's difficult when it's competitive. And I think because of being impatient, we can sometimes treat people differently than we normally would if we exercised patience. It's amazing what patience can do to us. Now, we define patience as the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset that there is a willingness to bear difficulties, delays, or sufferings for a long period of time in order to achieve a desired outcome. Now, with this simple game of hide-and-go-seek, my impatience and the way they count can ruin the entire game. And so it is with impatience. It can ruin our life, our relationships, even at work. Customer service, impatience can ruin us. So being impatient with people, being impatient with circumstances or whatever is happening should never be confused with, with uh, laziness or, or slothfulness or even just being passive. Patience or being impatient has to do with our spirit and our soul. That something is happening on the inside. Did you know that being impatient actually hinders us 
from receiving the promises of God because of our impatience. And so because God is not doing what we want him to do in the time that we want him to do it, we jump the gun and then we try to do things on our own. We try to make things happen. And God says, you're, you're operating outside of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, especially in the area of patience. Be patient with me. In the book of Exodus, the God's people were waiting for Moses to come down from the mountain to receive instruction. And because of their impatience, they, they put together and built a golden calf so that they could worship that calf as their God. They were that impatient that they became ungodly. Impatience is that incredibly important to our lives. And when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, especially when it's talking about patience, most of our major decisions that go awry or decisions that haunt us later or the decisions that go bad can usually be traced back to patience. Just because we were impatient and so when we look at this word, we have to really think through, do, am, I, am I actually caring more for people or am I caring for myself? Am I caring, more of the things, am I caring for more of the things of the world or am I caring for more of the things of the kingdom of God, the heavenly places, to honor God and to worship him? Now this word, patience, comes from a Greek word. And the reason why I'm saying the Greek word is because it was translated from Greek. So now we have this word, patience which comes from a word that means endurance, constancy. Now listen to these words. Steadfastness, perseverance, long-suffering, slowness in avenging wrongs. And this word actually comes from two root words. It means long, and the other one is immediate anger that boils up and then subsides. So in other words, when it comes to patience, it's saying you, you have to suffer long. In fact, that's how it's translated in some Bibles. It's, it's that word to suffer long. So how do we, how do we develop the, the, the spirit of patience? How do we work with it? We're going to look at three key principles that will help us to understand how we, can, how we can get better at being patient. And here's the first thing. It's to build my spirit for patience. Like there's, there needs to be some foundation in our spirit for patience. Patience doesn't just happen. Patience needs a foundation in which to build on top of. That's why our soul, our spirit, needs to be at a place where it's close to God. Because if not, our spirit, our soul, and, and how we live and operate is not going to be able to handle the complications that comes with being patient. So our soul and our spirit has to have that foundation. Because it's the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of my spirit. It's the fruit of the spirit, the spirit of God. If we're trying to operate with the fruit of my spirit, then it's going to be based on behavior and just modifying my behavior for the moment. Like when you answer the phone, when everyone's yelling and you're yelling, no, nah, knock it off, everybody, be quiet. And then you answer the phone, hello. Like you, you just modify your behavior, behavior just for the moment, but nothing changes in the spirit. And what God wants us to do is have that foundation to have a soul, a, a, a spirit of patience that comes from him. It's an outside source coming in to strengthen us because patience is the fruit of the Spirit, which tells us that there is a tree before the fruit. As Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do absolutely nothing. So we need, we need to be attached a part of Christ 
Why? Because it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of my Spirit. It's His Spirit that gives us this fruit. We've got to realize something, that there are many things that are happening in our world that we just cannot control. You cannot control long lines. You cannot control traffic. You cannot control how people uh, will respond to you. There are certain things you just cannot control that's going to require us to be patient. It's just a part of the world we live in. You're going to deal with slow drivers, waiting in elevators, being put on hold. You're going to deal with being sick and having to be at home to rest so you can get better. Even in those moments, we're so impatient because we want to get well quickly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it starts off like this. It says, love suffers long. We call it the love chapter because it talks about what love looks like. In some versions, it says love is patient. And then it goes on, love is kind. And then it goes on to say what love looks like. But it starts off with love is patient. It's long-suffering. It means the ability to be wronged, yet not to retaliate. That even when we're wrong, we're not going to retaliate. That's what Jesus did. In fact, there are moments that when Jesus was before the Sanhedrin, before the religious leaders, before the Pharisees, before the governor, before all the people, he could have stated certain things, but when they would ask him questions, he remained silent. And sometimes we think, oh, he was, he was quiet because he wanted to show his power. That could be part of it, but it could also be that he was patient. That he was just patient in those moments. Because he knew that with patience, there is power. Patience has a kind of power that we may never understand unless we operate in it. And patience is not, every, is not something that every person has. So... We love by showing, patient, by showing patience. And Jesus never told us to do anything that he did not do himself. So if you really want to study patience, study the life of Christ. If you really want to know what patience looks like, look at Jesus. Focus on him. That's exactly what patience looks like. And even though he himself displayed patience, there are many people that were impatient with him. But he still displayed patience. We all have people around us that are impatient. We have people living in our own homes that are impatient. We ourselves are impatient. We live in circumstances that cause us to be impatient. And there's usually that one person that can rub us the wrong way and it just boils up inside of us to be even more impatient. Now, if you're an impatient person and, you, and you're dealing with another person that's impatient, that's called war. That, that is, that, it's going to happen all the time because there are two impatient people in the same situation. This is why 2 Peter 3.9 reminds us in this way, that the Lord, is, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Now, I like this phrase because what Peter noticed was, that Jesus was patient, not just in general, but he's patient for your sake. That he's not willing for anyone to be destroyed, but that we would all come to repentance. In other words, a change of the mind, a change of direction, to head in his direction. He's patient, he's patient with us. He's patient for our sake. I want to ask you a kind of a... Uh, 
a pointed question that should kind of get into our hearts. And here, here's the question. I want you to think this through. When was the last time you were patient for someone else's sake? When was the last time you were patient for someone else's sake? Or maybe we could put it this way. Maybe next time when we're impatient, let's be patient for someone else's sake. Because usually impatience comes out of self. It's we want it, when we want it, how we want it, and what day, what year, what hour, what second. We want this now. And we live in a society that causes us to be even more impatient. But if we, if we want to develop this spirit, then we, we have to come back to saying to the Lord, can you build my spirit? Can you build that foundation? Because it's, it's something that you want to do in me. Now, if we look at just sports in general, sports has to, and it, within the past couple of decades, had to adapt to the changing of society to make the gameplay quicker. So they, they brought in shot clock. They brought in uh, the play clock, you know, for football and things like that. In fact, if, you're, if you play basketball and you inbound the ball and you have to go across the court, you have so many amount of, you have only so many seconds to get across the half court. I think it's eight seconds. I'm not sure. But if you take too long, you, you get, you, the whistle is blown, and then the ball is turned over because you took too long to get to the other side. When it comes to football, you only have so many seconds. And I, I think it's 25. I don't know. I don't, I don't study the shot clock or the, the play clock. I think it's around there. You have that much time to call your play and then, and then snap the ball or hike the ball. If you don't, some of you football fans should know this penalty. If you don't snap the ball in time, what is it called? Delay of game. It's called delay of game. Why? Because you took too long. Now, sports implement these things because they know that the game has to be played quicker. But they're dealing with this today, right now, that they, they are still figuring out ways to change the game so that it moves quicker. Because they're noticing that the attention span of the new generations coming in is shorter than that which it was started with. So I don't know how they're going to make the game move quicker, but that's what they're thinking about. How do we move the game to speed up? It's just the society that we live in. Now you might be thinking, well, okay, what if I exercise patience and, and someone treats me bad? Do I just like take the hits? Do I just stay there and let them say things to me, evil things to me? Do I just stand there? Well, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 and 20 states it like this. It says, For God is pleased with you when you, when you do what you know is right and patiently endure unfair treatment. Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. In other words, the Bible is saying, if you're doing something wrong and someone says certain things to you or, or kind of uh, retaliates, then you brought that on yourself. However, if you're doing what is good and doing the things of God that is right and you're, you're, you're that kind of person and then someone is saying these things, doing these things to you, and it's saying your patience is so pleasing to God. And it's not saying to take the hits and just, you know, be a, a, a welcome mat, but you're exercising a certain patience 
that is powerful, that is so different than retaliation or revenge. But God wants to build our spirit so that we can handle patience. That's why it's very important to stay close to him, to stay rooted in the word of God, so that when patience is needed, our soul, our spirit can handle it. But the second thing we can learn is two words, very easy. Slow down. Slow down. I have to tell myself that all the time. Slow down. Slow down. Just slow down. Sometimes our brains operate so quickly that we don't even know what we're saying. And then we have to slow down, slow down, think this through, just slow down. And it's amazing that for us to even slow down or to even just stop to think things through is difficult. We have these, um, I think you guys seen them already, these fidget things, these spinners, right? These things come and go. It's not going to last forever. It's going to come in and then it's going to go. It's because they're saying that this generation, and it could be any age, that to sit still is very difficult to do. So they give you a spinner, a fidget thingy, so that you can fidget with that so that you're okay. So in other words, if you're like sitting down and you're just like impatient and you're just, you know, you don't know what to do, then if you get this and you can do this, it's like, ah, oh, that feels so much better. It's a fidgeting thing. It, okay, I can spin this all day long. It feels good. So supposedly, it's supposed to help you. Now, I know people who have this. They have not changed. <laughs> and it's not a negative thing. It's just, it, it, that's where society is. It's saying, this is going to help you. Now, whether or not it helps, I don't know. All I know is it does nothing for me. It just doesn't do anything. Maybe I just need more help. Maybe I need a big spinner. Maybe I need like a, you know those, remember on the playground, those merry-go-round thingies you used to spin each other and we used to get hurt. That's why they outlawed it. Maybe we need some of those. Maybe we need certain things to help us because we just live in a society that tries to remedy what is happening on the inside. And maybe it's not something like a physical thing. It could possibly be what the Bible is exactly saying, which is a spiritual thing. That something is happening on the inside. That God will be pleased when we do what we know, not necessarily what we feel, but that we would slow down. And we live, we actually live in an on-demand society, on-demand. Everything is on-demand. If you want to watch your TV shows, you can get it on-demand. You don't have to wait for it, you just get it on-demand. If you have Netflix, you can watch whatever movie you want anytime on any gadget. You just log into your account. When you text someone, now when texting first started, Remember, you'd have to do it with the, um, the numbers, and you'd have to do like A, B, C, T, U, V. And you'd have to text like that, and then when you got really good, it was like, wow, that person is really fast. They take like two minutes only for a sentence. Now when you text someone, it's like you can type faster with two fingers than you could like this with the old school typewriter. But then when you text someone, you send it, you're like, where are you? I just texted you, Hello. Hello. <sighs> hello, 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 hello. Call Heidi Loxina. Like that's what, we, that's what we go to. It's like texting's not working. 30 seconds later, I'm impatient. I got a call already. And wh- why? Because we're an impatient people. Texting has caused us to be more impatient. 
nowadays, we call people hoping to get their voice. And when we don't, we, we get so irritated that we don't even leave a message. Why do we have voicemail if we're not going to mail our voice? We're, we, that's just how we live now. Now, just think about where we are today with texting, just texting alone. Texting came from trying to do certain things quicker and shorter versus writing a letter. Remember when we used to write letters to each other in school? You like go with me. <laughs> yes and no. Pass this down. <laughs> it took some time, but it eventually got there. So time has definitely gotten better, but we've, we've developed quicker ways to become more impatient. So we'll text each other, we'll do things that fast so that we could get whatever we want answered. Think about pictures. Some of you had to develop pictures. Now, I'm not saying you're older, I'm just saying that's how it was in the technology back then. Maybe it's your age, but I'm just saying that's where it was. And then there came a time where we used to use this thing called film. And then you'd put film in the camera, and then you'd take the picture, and then Right? You'd have to move the film thing, and then you'd have to take it to the store and develop it. And it took three to five days to get a picture. Three to five days to get And we were fine with it. We were patient because that's what society offered. That's all we knew. And then they came out with a one-hour photo. That was like genius. One hour, all it takes, hey, mom, one hour it takes to develop a picture. No way. Yes, you drop it off. You leave, eat, come back, pictures are developed. And it was like the greatest invention ever. But how many of us want to wait one hour for a picture? We didn't even wait one second. We're like, let me see. <laughs> we, don't, we don't wait. We're impatient. You take picture with a group of people, like three or four people. You say, okay, one, two, three, click. They're like, I like see. Why, why don't you wait? Can you wait three to five days to see your picture on Instagram? Can you wait a couple days to see how many likes you're going to get? No, we want it now. It's like, how many likes? Refresh, refresh, refresh. Yeah, blowing it up. Look, look how much I got. And we, we feel like that because that's just the way society is. We become impatient because of... And, and even though technology moves us in that direction and it's okay, it's fine, it just causes us to be more impatient. Now think of it this way. There was a time when we, and I'm using my generation, had to wait an entire day to watch afternoon cartoons. A whole day. Imagine waiting one whole day for your favorite show, like the A-Team. And that was every week you had to wait. And then when like Transformers or Super Friends were after school, you had to wait for 3.30 for it to come on, and you couldn't fast forward if you saw this episode already. You couldn't skip it. And then, not only that, you had to wait one entire week for Saturday morning cartoons to watch Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show. One entire week. And we were okay with it. We were so okay. Now, it's, hey, you saw this movie. What? Where? Let me download them. Click, click, click. Oh, man, God. Take like two minutes. Almost there. How's your internet speed? Slow your internet speed. Taking two minutes. I gotta wait two minutes to watch this movie. 
Yeah. Now go watch them later. There was actually a study that was shown, a study that was made, and they studied 3.7 million people who would go online and watch a video. Guess how long it took the user to not want to watch the video because it was taking too long. Just guess, just throw out some numbers how long it took them. How long? What? Five seconds. Two seconds. If the video didn't play in two seconds, they would just, they would log off. They would say, this is taking too long. Five seconds later, 50% of the people who were trying to watch this video abandoned it because it took too long. Five seconds. So we're living in a world that says it must be quicker. You have to be quicker. When I used to write letters to Heidi in eighth grade, well, what was it? I don't know, high school, because she moved away, it took a couple days for her to get back to me with handwritten letters. And we were okay with it. Some of you may not remember renting VHS tapes. Just think, just think about this concept. We would have to go to the store and walk down aisle after aisle looking for movies, spending 45 minutes to an hour looking for movies. Which one, which one are I going to watch? Which one are I going to watch? Oh, new releases. Brilliant. They came out with new releases. Okay, what new release? Ah, I like that one. Oh, you guys all gone with this one. Junk you. Okay, so I got to look at another one. And we'd walk down all the aisles. And then an hour later, we got like three movies that we never watched all. We watched one, and we had to rewind the tape and wait for it. And you had to rewind the tape and wait and wait and wait. And the, and the rule of thumb was be kind, rewind. See, you guys old like me. So it gave us the concept of this is how it's done, so we're going to wait for it. And then after VHS tapes were gone and renting, because they had online where you could watch movies and things, it cut time in half, even, even more than that. And then, they, and then they came out with technology that would allow us to listen to songs and download songs a lot quicker. Now, how many of you actually have today a record player? Just raise your hand. You have a record player. See, there's like 10 of you. Isn't it the greatest sound when you put it on? It's like... <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, I used to play at this... <laughs> but it's the, wrong, it's the wrong needle. But it, you, you, can't, you can't fast forward that. It's, it's a record and then they had eight-track tapes that you had to listen to the whole thing if you wanted to listen to the next couple songs. You could not skip an eight-track tape. How many of you have an eight-track tape? I'm just curious. You actually have? Auntie Lynn, you have an eight-track tape? Wow. Talk story later. What about, what about cassette tapes? You have cassette? I know you would have Auntie Lynn. Somebody got cassette tapes. Now, cassette tapes, if you were impatient to fast forward or you had another tape in there, you'd put a pencil in and you'd spin it so you could get it ready. <laughs> That's how it was. And then after cassettes came out, then we had CDs. CDs was brilliant because you could skip it. But then they would scratch and then it was no good. So, like, technology tries to get us quicker. And then after CDs became, we now have MP3 players or uh, phones. And it downloads that much faster. Now, I, I took about 20 minutes to explain all of that just to let us know that we've become impatient people because of the things we deal with around us. It, it happens that fast. 
So to slow down is actually hard to do because of the society we live in. So to practice patience is going to be difficult, but nonetheless possible. We have lost possibly one of the most valued virtues in our world called patience. Patience. There was another study with 300,000 customer service-based companies that would have calls come in and to determine how long the people would wait before they hung up. And they, the longest they would wait was two minutes. And the studies showed that in this, in this context, by the time it hit the two-minute mark, people hung up based on two things. One, they would try to resolve the situation themselves. Or they would hang up the phone and call back, hoping to get a live person. Two minutes. So to slow down might be very difficult, but every single one of us are going to encounter moments of being impatient. Our environment expects us to be faster and more efficient. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you just some, maybe some things that maybe we can try to see if we can do, okay? And if this is, if this is going to be difficult for you, then, well, you're going to need God. Okay, here's, here's, here's one that, that maybe we can do to practice patience. <clears throat> Drive speed limit or right under one get in line regardless if it's long don't look for the shortest one because it's deceiving you're going to be behind someone with coupons and the credit card machine not going to work <laughs> the third thing is to understand that everyone is different so when you're dealing with someone who is making you impatient just understand that they're different Another thing is to remember how patient God is with, with us. That he is patient with us. And then this one. Learn to listen. Listen more and talk less. I sense Heidi's Jedi happening right now. Like, you need to listen. Okay, and the last one is to be gracious with others. Like, just be gracious. How can we be gracious with other people? Psalm 46.10 tells it like this. It says, be still and know that I am God. And then it continues and it says, I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. In other words, he's saying, just be still. Watch me work. Watch what I can do. Watch me move. But if you're impatient, you cannot be still to see me move and to see me work. And here's the last thing. To be kingdom-minded. Kingdom-minded means that you're more, you're more concerned about the things of God than the things of the world. Kingdom-minded means there is a king, and his name is Jesus, that you tend to follow more often than anything else. That you're willing to say, well, you're going to be king of my life, you're going to be lord of my life, and so I'm going to be more kingdom-minded rather than earthly-minded. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it says it like this. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, Seated at the right hand of God, so set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. In other words, heavenly rewards are worth the sacrifice. It's worth the sacrifice. But it's going to require patience. See, we, we must believe that heavenly rewards are worth the sacrifice so we can practice being patient. 
which is where self-control comes in, and we're going to get to that in the upcoming weeks. But just think about being impatient. It actually kills relationships because of our impatience. Sometimes we say to ourselves, or we might even say it out loud, that why don't you change? Why aren't you different? Why aren't you like me? Sometimes we'll say that. God forbid that we're all the same. But we'll say these things because we're impatient with people. But to remember that everybody is different and and it's going to kill our relationships, especially if we're impatient with our children or impatient with our spouse, impatient with our family, impatient with our coworkers. Giving them them time to, to process things, to change, to like give them grace so that they too can come to an understanding that, boy, there is a God who's patient with me and you exemplify that. You show that. And it doesn't matter what age you're in. It doesn't matter if you're a teenager, a young adult, or beyond. We all can practice patience by being kingdom-minded. See, you, you and I, we actually get our best ideas from being patient and still. Some of our best ideas come because our minds are at ease. It's not busy. It's, it's still. And we're patient And we're not thinking about about earthly things. Maybe you're a type of person who oversees a certain project and you're impatient because not everybody's moving as quick as you or how quick you want it to be. And so you become impatient. And because of our impatience, an anger comes up. But then God says, I'm I'm patient with you. Even though I want to help you through your changes, I'm patient with you. And then he gives us the strength to do so. See, patience is probably the number one quality that is needed in our world today. When it comes to our leadership, parenting, when it comes to our marriages, patience. Patience as a teacher, uh, patience as a coach. I give coaches credit. That's a difficult thing to do when you're coaching someone and and you have to be patient with them. Or maybe you're serving in ministry and and you're impatient. But if if we think about exercising patience, it actually allows us to disengage with being on autopilot and just and just live and exist in our world. But we can actually now live an inspiring and purposeful life because we're exercising this thing called impatient or being patient. We're exercising that rather than being an impatient person. Now, when we leave here tonight, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna encounter certain situations that you're going to have to be patient for. Just remember what Jesus himself did while being on the cross. He wasn't angry. He didn't get frustrated at us. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's amazing that when, when the Bible says, here are the fruit of the Spirit, and, and it says patience, that what God would never do is not give us an example of himself in what patience look like, looks like. He will always give us an example, and he did it through his son, Jesus Christ, to show us what patience looks like. So if we think about the time we have in a day, we're actually not running out of time. Because that's, that's sometimes where impatience comes from. We, we just think, you know, we're running out of time, but we're actually not running out of time. We're running ahead of time. And sometimes we just need to slow down, be kingdom-minded, so that we can actually let time catch up with us. So count slowly. So that we don't ruin life. And let God find you being patient. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. But I want us to practice something, okay? 
this is, gonna ex this is actually going to go against the grain of our brains because for many of us, me included, we, our brains are already highlighted or built to move at a certain speed. And so our neurons in our brain have actually formed a committee to say, this is the rate of speed that you're going to live. So we're going to try and exercise, okay? And I want you to just help me out on this one. We are going to count to 10. We're going to count to 10. How we're supposed to when we play hide and go seek. Okay? And here we go. We're going to start with, of course, number one. Ready? Go. One. Two. Some of you guys are going too quick. Slow down. Let's try that again. One. Two. Slow down. Let's try one more time. Here we go. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten. <laughs> Give yourselves a hand. Look at that. You survived. Some of you are sweating. You're like, oh my goodness. I go home already. I got sleep. That might have been hard. But count slowly. Take your time with each other. We're going to conclude with this song called The Stand. I'm going to ask you to turn off the lights because I, want, I really want you to focus. And when you sing this song, make this your declaration. That you're standing in awe of the one who gave you life. That he, he created you. He stood before creation. But he, he prizes you as his greatest creation. And so we're going we're gonna to stand in awe of who he is because he is patient with us. Not, not willing for anyone to perish, but, e for, but for everyone to come to repentance. And let's declare that tonight. Would you pray with me? Would you bow our heads for a moment? Heavenly Father, we thank you for being patient with us and for showing us what patience looks like. So build our soul, Lord. Touch our spirit so that we can develop a spirit that is patient, that we would slow down and at the same time be kingdom-minded so that we can fix our eyes on you. That's what we stand upon, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all said together, amen. amen.